welcome to Turning Your Cruising Dreams into Reality podcast. I'm Jackie Parry and it's good to have your company. Today we are discussing fear and how to face your fear head on. In this episode, I'd like to take you on a journey by writer and author Jane Jarrett. Jane's story, Facing Your Fears, is published in our book, Facing Fear Head On with 46 other incredible stories. Jane started sailing in 2007 when she and her partner Andy moved from the UK to Australia. Since then, they bought a boat in St Martin in the Caribbean, sailed it back to Sydney in 2009 and have spent the last five Northern Hemisphere summers sailing in the Mediterranean. To avoid any winters at all, They live in Scarborough in Queensland during the Southern Hemisphere summer. Jane runs the Women Who Sail the Med Facebook group and her blog can be found on www.svolive.com SV for Sailing Vessel. As well as Jane's story, we also are speaking to other authors who feature in the book about their fear. So stay tuned after Jane's story to hear a bit more about conquering fear. And this episode is brought to you by Sistership Press, a small, friendly book publishing team for women on the water. We have published a selection of wonderful books, fiction and non-fiction, so come on by and say hello on our Facebook page, Sistership Press, or our website, sistershippress.com. We are happy to chat about any projects you have, big or small. Our book, Facing Fear Head On, was published last year and has been extremely popular for anyone facing their fear. It is a collection of inspirational and practical stories from women on the water. You will gasp, cry and laugh out loud as 46 women from around the globe reveal their deepest fears and coping strategies while voyaging on and in the world's waterways. Experience a unique journey and witness the emotional turmoil that fear can create as dreams and loved ones are threatened. These true tales of raw emotion and courage will help you tackle fear, cast off the lines and take heart in knowing you are not alone. Not just for women, men should read this too. If you want to take your partner sailing, these stories are a remarkable insight into the minds of women as they unfold the secrets to help you help them love life at sea. So without further ado, here's Jane's story. Facing Your Fears by Jane Jarrett Fears? When I first started sailing, I had no fears, mainly because I didn't have a clue what I was doing and lacked any imagination. I thought we'd just be going around the bay, maybe do a bit of anchoring for lunch, perhaps go alongside the odd jetty to visit an interesting town. Nothing scary about that. We were planning a big trip, sometime in the future, but that was way off. I had plenty of time to learn how to sail before then. Then a few of our friends became ill and died way too young. You know, 
in their forties or fifties, when they should have had at least thirty more years. A heart attack, a rare cancer of something, a ridiculous blood clot that never should have happened. We sat on a train one day and said, what if it's one of us next time? What if we hadn't done the things we want to do? What if all our dreams end up for nothing? Six months later, we were boarding our own yacht in St Martin in the Caribbean with a year off work to sail her back to Australia. It was all very easy at first. A short sail out around the bay, day hops from one beautiful island to the next beautiful island, anchoring overnight in glorious bays in clear green water. Our first overnight sail was from St Martin to Antigua, and I was too occupied being seasick to worry about anything else. I just wanted to either die immediately or get off this boat. Then we attended a radio course. The instructor was a jolly fellow. He told us an allegedly true story about a couple sailing together and the man having to go up the mast to mend the radio aerial. He clipped himself on at the top and unfortunately he had a heart attack and died. His wife couldn't get him down though and she had to sail back to port with him still up there. That's when the fears started kicking in. We were planning to sail this boat home to Australia and I'd only just done the anchoring for lunch bit. What if we were hit by a whale? What if we hit a container? What if we sank in a storm? What if we got knocked down? Whatever that was. What if we were boarded by pirates, taken for ransom and held in a cage and our country wouldn't pay? What if we were swimming off the back and the boat sailed away? What if we ate reef fish and got sick of terror and died all alone and were found weeks later? What if the boat caught fire and we had to leap overboard and watch her burn to the waterline? I could go on. There wasn't a fear I didn't take out, worry to death and file in my brain for future reference. Our first long trip was from the Caribbean down to Panama, but as we had two friends with us, it was an easy passage with others to share the load. We had some rough seas, but nothing that I was concerned about. They left when we transited the canal, and finally the day came for the two of us to set sail on our first long passage together from Panama to the Galapagos. Just the two of us. Alone. With nobody else. I took the first watch at 9pm and all went well. In fact, I even enjoyed it. It was a lovely, calm, warm night. The sky was black. The stars were amazing. The boat was gliding through a flat, dark sea. And I saw my first bioluminescence off the stern. This was everything I could have wished for. Andy came up to relieve me at midnight and I went down to sleep. That was when a fear I hadn't even considered raised its ugly head. What if I go to sleep and when I wake up and go up to the cockpit, he isn't there? 
I suddenly remembered a news story about this happening on a boat sailing up past Coffs Harbour in Australia before we left home. And that happened during the day. Well, that was it. No sleep for me. Every ten minutes I popped back up to check on him until he eventually crossly ordered me back down to bed. Then I secretly checked on him through the hatch. I could only see his feet, but if the feet were there, all was good. Then the feet vanished. I was up and out of there in a flash, praying to whoever might be up there watching over us, please let him be there, please let him be there, please don't let me be on my own, miles from anywhere. He was there, of course, on the side deck, fiddling with a bit of rope or something. What are you doing? You know the rules. You never go up on deck when the other one is sleeping. I'm not actually sure we made this rule, but you don't let the truth get in the way of a good argument. Yeah, but I was only... It doesn't matter what you were only. I just needed to. No, you didn't. You could have waited for me to come up or call me if it was important. If I think you're going to be up there on your own, I'll never sleep again. Of course, he never did it again. Probably. But it was some time before I ever managed to get a good sleep when off watch. Eventually, sheer exhaustion took over and we fell into a pattern. This fear gradually left, as did all the others. Over time, we didn't hit a container or get boarded by pirates and we learnt to watch the weather and take all the right precautions. We became more confident and the fear slowly abated, leaving behind healthy, minor anxiety and respect for what the sea could do. And Andy is banned from ever going up the mast. That was Jane Jarrett's story on fear, and one of my favourites in the book. Now let's hear from Melissa Rout, who has a beautifully vivid story published in Facing Fear Head On. And in the story, she questions her sanity. I called up with Melissa to see if there was more she'd like to add now she has more cruising miles under her belt. If you faced up to a fear and come out the other side of it alive, you survived it, um, then you've got some really valuable lessons that you can reflect on and use uh, in other parts of your life or even if you have to face the same fear again as it is with sailing sometimes it's one thing that gets you every time but if you can build on the knowledge that you did survive it and it was okay and you know what did you do really well what could you have done better um, then you've got this little reservoir of, of knowledge and little bag of tools from the lessons um, so you can face these situations in life not just in sailing but um, you can use these lessons across all parts of your life um, to handle things maybe a little bit better or just be able to reassure yourself that it will be okay and you know you can handle that fear and, and maybe the fear even goes away. Thank you, Melissa. That's great advice. And I think we all need that bag of tools. Next, I chatted with Elizabeth Tyler. Now, Elizabeth is known for her sailing, painting and writing. And she has an incredibly inspirational story in facing fear head on. 
It gives me goosebumps every time I read it. When I asked Elizabeth if there was something she'd like to add, the advice she gave was not just for sailing, but for all challenges in life. A recent experience that comes to mind was while alone on my boat in a hurricane in Greece. I was at anchor in a relatively sheltered bay when a storm hit me. I always thought it was a matter of just keeping the boat into the eye of the wind with the engine's help. I thought if I needed to move the boat to a better location, I could go slowly forward, keeping the right direction with the autopilot, while I lifted the anchor. In reality, this wasn't possible, as I couldn't leave the helm for a second. My anchor was not holding, so for several hours I circled around with my hands cramped to the wheel while the engine was running maximum revs. I saw the black clouds and heard the screaming wind, the smashing waves and the creaking boat, and I thought, I'm okay if it just doesn't get any worse than this. And it did get worse. Despite the fact that I had no sails on or even a bimini, the boat heeled over so far that the boom dipped in the water. But then I said to myself, if it just doesn't get any worse than this, I can manage. And again, it did get worse. For hours it went on while I sat tightly tethered in the cockpit, listening to several desperate mayday calls over the VHF. I couldn't help anyone else but myself. Finally, the wind died down, the boat ceased rocking like a wild stallion, and I felt stronger and with more self-confidence than ever. I thought that after I had survived a storm like that all on my own, I didn't need to fear any other similar situations. Nevertheless, I did face the fear of another scary situation. It was dark, moonless night when I started the return trip to my boat in my little dinghy. The boat was anchored a few hundred metres from shore off the island of Poros in Greece. The dinghy had a two-horsepower engine, so it took me some time, but I could find my way with the help of the lights from shore. Suddenly there was a power cut on the island, and the same on the mainland. My headlight battery was flat, so I was thrown into complete darkness. I felt like I was floating in air, and with no reference point, I lost my orientation. Was I going round in circles, or back to where I came from? I feared a boat or ship might come along and not see me. The whole situation felt surrealistic. Suddenly I saw a tiny light in the distance. As it got bigger, I realised it was the anchor light on my boat. That was a great relief, and I swore never to go anywhere without fully charged batteries. This incident was a strong reminder of when I was afraid of the dark as a child. I saw threatening shadows, heard scary noises and sensed a feeling of insecurity. However, my most recent experience of fear was when I was persuaded to hold a talk for 400 people at a local theatre. I had to go to the toilet four times before I climbed up on stage. I was blinded by the spotlights and terrified by the microphone, but then I took a deep breath and thought, what am I actually afraid of? Making a fool of myself or having a coughing fit? Making mistakes and having to repeat myself? Stuttering or whatever? In the end, I just read the script I had with me and hoped the best. What I considered an embarrassing failure was met with standing applause. 
Since then, I have overcome my fear of speaking in public and my fear of many other situations. I think it's a matter of meeting your worst fears head on and being convinced of a positive outcome, no matter what. Thanks, Elizabeth, for more amazing advice. Meeting fears head on and focusing on a positive outcome is a great way to work through all challenges, as Elizabeth has just demonstrated. Lastly, I caught up with Renee Smith. Now, if you don't know Renee, I urge you to look her up. As an incomplete paraplegic, an MS patient and adaptive sailor, she's one of the most amazing people I've ever met. Renee's open-hearted story, Curiosity Killed the Fear, gives such depth and insight to fears. And it made so much sense to me. So I asked Renee how her fear-conquering quest was going and if she had anything to add to her story. So yes, curiosity killed the fear, allowing me to get on a yacht for the first time and immediately fall in love with sailing. But my next hurdle to overcome was more physical. Delving into sailing books at the beginning was teaching me the theory, but it wasn't teaching me how to be a sailor with a physical disability. How do I get on an off for starters. How do I slide myself around on the deck? How do I get from one side to the other fast enough when we tack? Without support strength from my legs? How do I get to the place where I can use my hands for sailing the boat rather than holding on to prevent me from slip sliding out of control all around the place? I could get pieces of advice from my fellow mates at Sailors with Disabilities, but largely uh, I had to work it out for myself. Practice, practice, practice. Plenty of feeling unsure about myself. And bruises. <laughs> oh, endless bruises. Uh, even after an outing in the lightest of breezes. Bruises. The more involved I became, the more problems I came across. Joining the race team really began pushing my boundaries and opened up a whole array of new challenges as well as a faster, flightier race yacht that definitely wasn't as disability user-friendly as our other yacht and can test even the most experienced able-bodied sailors. Yet, time and time again, I let my skipper pick me up out of my wheelchair and put me down on the transom of whatever, a first-generation TP52 high-performance race yacht. She's fast... She loves nothing more than to get up and go. If you give her the reins, she will take them and not give them back without a fight. She isn't the slightest bit forgiving if you make a mistake, and she has a wide open deck with very few places to secure yourself into. But despite the long list of valid reasons why the combination of my medically complex disabled body and a race yacht like whatever should spark some level of fear, I have never been afraid. Of course, I've had my sailing moments when the only thing I feel sure of is that the half a knot drop in boat speed probably has something to do with me, but no, I'm not afraid. I love sharing parts of my sailing journey with sailors with disabilities on my Instagram account. It's Renee underscore heels dot and dot wheels look me up 
and I'd love to follow back and watch your sailing adventures too. Um, I also take care of our social media and Facebook. Just search Sailors with Disabilities. The most common questions and comments I get on racing or offshore videos and photos are around the idea of fear. Aren't I ever afraid? Because that big healing race yacht looks a little scary and the person talking to me about it says that they'd be too afraid to even try. What's my no fear secret? Trust. It's just simply trust. I wholeheartedly 100% trust my skipper. His skill, his experience, his thought process, that he will always do everything in his power to keep his boat safe. Doesn't mean that he'll never make a mistake, but he does everything in his power. And I trust the group of sailors that he trusts to look after me. A number of years back now, after my spinal cord injury and before MS, I was a para-equestrian. That's a horse rider with some type of disability or impairment. One of my para-equestrian friends made it all the way to the London Paralympics. In an interview I'll never forget, she was asked what a para-equestrian had that an able-bodied equestrian didn't have. A greater level of trust in your horse, she replied, because we're already half broken before we even get on. So without being ruled by fear, I'm learning how to manage my risks. I'm growing in my understanding of running the back day on a race yacht, and I'm becoming a useful part of the race team. I'm hiking out on the rail and bruises. <laughs> Still bruises. My post-sale collection of bruises now are even more amazing than ever before. <laughs> Recently, we were out on Sydney Harbour, spinnaker training on whatever. We had a bit on, were shorthanded on the experience level, and the next thing I knew, we had laid the boat down in the middle of the sound. Sails in the water, our 20-metre mast in the water, me with my arms wrapped around a staunchion, on the starboard side and my leg jammed between the backstay and the hull. Looking down four meters below me to my skipper standing in the water calling out instructions to people. Not a moment of fear. That was an amazing thrill. I can be quoted to say that later on. No fear in that moment because I trust my skipper, even when I have zero idea and zero control. And no fear, because I have a growing trust in my experience of just being on the boat, aka the know-how of keeping my mobility-impaired body actually on the boat. Because other than wrapping my arms around the staunchion as I felt us begin to go over, securing myself into the boat with my leg between the backstay and the hull is something that I'm always self-consciously doing anyway. And even though my skipper had a lot going on in that moment, later on back in the bar, he can be seen doing a funny impression of what I looked like hugging a staunchion four meters above his head. So that just goes to show me that even though we had our whole lot going on, he still turned around and looked to see, yep, Renee's fine now, I'll just keep going on with my boat. I can trust my skipper. So, if there's one piece of advice I can give you from my own experience, it would be to attack fears with trust. 
what do you need to have trust in in order for you to not be so afraid and then what things can you do to build up that trust trying to break down fears can be daunting and overwhelming so forget about that for a while just ask yourself this what would make me be more trusting thanks renee your unique experience and insight will help many people. While the advice today has been outstanding and heartfelt, a huge thank you to all my guests for opening your hearts and sharing with us, and to Jane for allowing me to read her fear story. Please do check out Jane, Melissa, Elizabeth and Renee on social media. You will find all their details under articles on sistershiptraining.com. I hope you enjoyed Jane's story and the subsequent chats. It is reassuring to know we are not alone in our fears. For more great stories all about fear and different perspectives and ways of coping, pop over to Amazon and search for Facing Fears Head On. The book is available in paperback or as an ebook. And if you're in Australia, you can also drop us a line at editor at sistershipmagazine.com and let us know if you'd like a copy. If you'd like to read this story and see all the links and more information, go on over to sistershiptraining.com and click on articles. On sistershiptraining.com, you'll find more podcasts videos and articles and our subscribe button. That's all we've got time for today. My name is Jackie Parry and it's been good to have your company. If you want more great tips and advice, head along to Turning Your Cruising Dreams Into Reality Facebook group. I'll catch up with you again soon and I wish you safe sailing.